<laughs> and so just like going to confession, going to confession, I used to feel like, man, why do I keep going? to? But every time I would go, I would just feel this experience of just being uplifted, freed, you know, liberty and, mm-hmm. and, and, and encountering the Lord in confession. So confession for me was a real mo- moment for that that reencounter with Jesus. That's that's relative to me, because like, especially during the time of of. Uh, when I was going through my divorce, mm. the separation, yeah, I was yearning for even more. Mm-hmm. And this was, of course, this is like this is after the encounter as well. Yeah, because the struggles that I was going through, I was begging for, like the Lord to reveal what was really going on. Yeah, I thought us two could sit down and actually, yeah, put a podcast together and see see what happens and see who we inspire. Two men being black men being from the city of Detroit and being Catholic in itself. You put those together, that that's going to be rare. We want to just be two brothers talking and see what happens. Well, welcome back. We are um, at our last episode this first season of Father and Father podcast with Jason Smith and me, Father John McKenzie. Uh, this is more like our encounter after or our encounter with Jesus or life after the encounter with Jesus. And we're just going to kind of go back and forth of uh, how that how that encounter uh, affected us. So, um Jason, you want to just kind of lead a little bit and yeah, yeah. Um, I think we, I kind of segued into it a little bit um, yeah. as I talked about, you know, how that, that a retreat had a, had a big impact on me, but um, I guess two things really bridged the gap. It's right after the encounter, you know, that, I don't know, that year or so. And then where I am now, like, um, I did a, a lot of uh, work in the church after that encounter. Like I had, I had already been calling the uh, the administrator saying, "Hey, if if there's anything you want me to do in the church, like just let me know." Yeah, and it was there wasn't a whole lot going on, but I was I was open. So, you know, I started bridging the gap between uh, the the secular skills that I had to how it could work in the church. Yeah, because I was like. I was like, how can I, I didn't say it or even think it, but how could I get closer to Jesus? Mm. And that's what was really going on for you didn't, a long you didn't period tell of time. Who, this? who didn't you tell? I told the administrator of my church. Okay. Okay. The priest. He was no, the priest? No, no, no. The, I'm talking about the administrative like, assistant. Like the, the business guy or yeah. girl or, okay. Got yeah. It. Yeah. So, and that was, that was just me reaching out and I was mm. just putting my name anywhere I could yeah. and doing anything that I had the ability, like shooting videos and. And doing media production. Yeah. And then, you know, the typical stuff, moving chairs, you right. know, doing the heavy lifting and all that good stuff. Right. But I, I had something similar after my encounter. Um, one of the things was I felt like I needed to, to, to belong to some type of youth group or something. And so um, at the time, my parish had to had a uh, young adult group. So I, you know, those are um, cool. Yeah, th- those are. And we, we need more of those. I mean, it yeah. really to, to get us together. And that was really good for a bit until I started deepening my vocation and I started like discovering more and more about the Lord and more about his church. And I just started reading more. So more about like liturgy and all that type of stuff. So um, I ended up going to another church. 
And that's when I started to really feel a call to like religious life in the priesthood. When I was at the Cathedral Basilica St. Louis, shout out to the priests there because they are were amazing priests um, during during my time there. And um, yeah, no, I uh, that was that was kind of like where I landed in terms of my post encounter was like, all right, I need to do something. Oh, I was also part of this in St. Louis, a part of the ecumenical dialogue of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. I had joined the this committee um oh that was big time yeah it was kind of cool it was like that was big time bro it was kind of cool it was like i i remember father joseph Heyer, i think his name was monsignor Heyer. i think he um passed away god rest his soul and i um but he i had i had touched base with him and because i was trying to figure out you know the different religions different sects of christianity etc etc and he's like well why don't you you know, come and join our and in, in our, our ecumenical dialogue committee for the archdiocese. So for the archdiocese of St. Louis, and I did, and I uh, I remember going to um, we did all the sorts of like stuff with the group, but I remember I went to my first uh, ordination of a bishop uh, uh, with this group, and I got to sit in the front row. Because we were part of the ecumenical dialogue, oh, yeah. so he was Lord was drawing you in. <laughs> no, man, it, it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool to see. Uh, and I remember one, and I don't like to tell this story too. I've only told this story now, but I remember um, something that happened in in St. Louis. There was like a shooting at a at a Hindu temple or something like that. I can't remember, but I remember the Archbishop of St. Louis, Regali, who's now Cardinal Regali. He was talking to Monsignor Hire. He was because he was greeting all the people from our committee, mm-hmm. like the the more important people, you know, that were from yeah. different religions and different, you know, uh, Christian groups. And Monsignor Hire wasn't sitting right next to him to tell him the names of everybody. And it was my first time seeing like. You know, because I always thought bishops just smiled and they like <laughs> hugged and all this, and they were just like nice people. And like he turned to him and was like scolded him, like why didn't you sit next? I didn't know everybody's name, and I was like, oh my gosh, these are like real people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, so, this is we're gonna get a little bit raw because uh, a lot of people don't think that the clergy are real people. I think I told you that yeah, in one man. episode. Like yeah, like yeah, priests and. No, we and, are and nuns and yeah, no, very much so. <laughs> Real but, human beings, but yeah, man. The, but but the encounter. So, um, so you start, you know, going to being more involved in your church and and all that. But what what was your interior life like at the time? Well, I was I was married at the time, of course, and mm-hmm. there was there was a lot of uh, movement that I had going on. I was matter of fact, I wasn't working. A consistent job at okay. the, at the time, a lot of these things was happening, and I mean, like, I don't I don't know the exact dates, but um, there was a lot of instability. So I was working odd jobs. I took a buyout from Detroit Diesel. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was like right off of uh, Telegraph. Yeah, Telegraph I used to pass by there all the time as a kid. Yeah, yeah, and that that uh that kind of it 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 took a damper on things that was going on, mm-hmm. but I think I was searching for purpose. Yeah. In in all of this, you yeah. know. So, um like Were you were you was there a particular prayer you did? Did you read the Bible or something? Like how did well, you I was, deepen I was, your I was always reading the scriptures, but like I said, the glue started to stick. 
mm-hmm. with a lot of this. I had, um, I think we had started, we had been doing like a Bible study that was going on mm-hmm. and that at your church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were doing the Ascension Press Bible timeline with Jeff Cavins. Okay. And I think we did it two years in a row. Mm. And it was like the first time it just didn't, I don't think it landed for everybody. Yeah. But the second time I kind of really sat down with it and the book, the the questions and the and the videos, everything started to just pull itself together. Because I was reading a lot of the Old Testament at that time. Yeah. And that was ironic. And then our men's group started thereafter. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to mass. Okay. Um. Part of a Bible study, I think it was Thursday nights. Okay. The men's group was Saturday mornings, and there was mass and adoration after that. Okay. So all of this is like pulling everything together that I had experienced before, and I'm like, like this is where the the roots are starting to actually sprout out the seed yeah. from that encounter, and that's that's kind of what what grounded me. And um, you know, I, I was surrounded by the new. The new group that had been there, the Companions of the Cross. Shout out to oh, the yeah, Companions yeah, of the of Cross. Of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, Father Michael Sherry was there. Um, Father Jim Lowe, who's over there now. Yep. And I think, I can't remember, it was uh, Father Charles. And, man, I can't remember all of them. It was some great priests that, that like, all of them have very unique ways of doing what they did. Like, yeah. from their confessions mm-hmm. to... Um, you know, their words of wisdom after mass, all of that just started to like really set in. And then the companions were great. They were like, they they were like me. So I was like, you know, I was, I was learning the same way they were, but they were like, they were bringing a whole different element of like real evangelization. So just being around that really kind of like, yeah, it just, I I had something to view. I had something to look at. Right. You hit on something too, for me that uh, was, was very integral and still is, was confession. Oh, yeah. Like just the ability to I remember when I really learned that, Okay, I really need to go to confession. Um, I I even forgot my first confession after my reversion. You know, we say conversion is like you have that first time reversion is after your conversion and you have to come back. And so after my reversion, uh, I don't remember the actual confession. Maybe I actually I do. And, um, but I remember leading up to it, I had to like all these sins, like I had to know about, I'm like, Mm. man, I'm like done every single one of these, uh, besides kill a person, but you know, (laughs) um, but, uh, uh, full disclosure. No, but, but. Okay. Let me stop you there real quick. Yeah. Is it okay to talk about those things outside of the confession? And what I mean by that is, is like from the confessor yeah. to the, you know, the person that's given the confession. Okay, so. so what, what can you say and not say outside of that? Oh, as a priest? Both. Like, okay, as a priest, if you come to me f- for confession, okay, I am not able to say absolutely anything about what took place during the confession. Okay. So it it is as though it never existed. Okay. okay. Um, the only way that, I could potentially say something if the penitent um, gave me permission, explicit permission, saying, yes, you may discuss what we talked about in confession. Okay. Uh, sometimes that happens in like spiritual direction where, and I, I don't even, I don't even do spiritual direction, so it doesn't happen. Okay. <laughs> but um, like, for instance, if you came and came, like if a person came to me for confession, okay, I, 
and then they had spiritual direction right after that, there might be something in the context of con- in the confession that they want to talk about during spiritual direction. So in that sense, I, you know, a priest could say, you know, may I talk about what, you know, and then, you know, that could be discussed or whatever. But other than right. that, it is absolutely always and everywhere secret. So much so that like, and even Vietnam, you know, priests were killed because they weren't revealing what people were saying during confession. Okay. And honestly, bro, um, I mean, I would too, because it's not about, confession is not about you and the priest, right? I'm acting in the person of Christ, okay, as, as a ministerial priest, I'm acting in the person of Christ to absolve your sins. Right. So it's you and Christ. And so I don't, who am I to then butt into all that, right? right? So that's kind of what, so it's absolutely, even like, you know, I've had parish assignments where, you know, like there might be the Saturday before I'm introduced on Sunday, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So I might've heard people's confession on Saturday. They tell me their names in the confessional. On Sunday, I see them and they're like, uh, you know, hey, you remember me? I'm like, no, um, you guys it's tell not, me your name again. Okay, I, 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 everything I, I, is absolutely secret. So I want to ask you one more question, but I want to keep going because, but I wanted to, I wanted to bring this up because people who are going to be listening, yeah, especially early on, they may not know where all of this comes and how it goes, yeah, in in that in that confessional. So since you brought, since you brought that up, yeah, um. I want everybody to be clear because it, there's a, is there a certain type of grace that you get when you're ordained for that to go away and for you to just like to be who you're supposed to be in a confessional and, you know, go back to being still human, of course, yeah. like, but, but how God works through you, how Jesus works through you. Yeah. That, versus- that's an interesting question. So I remember there are confessions clearly. I mean, we're still human, right? Just like you said. So there are confessions where, I have remembered what the person said, right? And mm-hmm. I might encounter that person on another occasion. Um, but it's not so devved in my mind that I'm like, oh my gosh, every time I see this person, I think of X, right? Right. Okay. Absolutely not. In fact, it's the opposite. So if the thought comes up, I usually it, it's, it's usually a quick thought and it goes away. Um, I've never, um, like I said, if you tell me if I don't know your name and you tell me your name in confession and then outside you you start talking to me and say, Hey, what's my name? I'm actually asking you again, what's your name? Like I'm I'm very so I can't reveal anything directly or indirectly. Um and I think if I reveal something directly, it's an automatic excommunication. So I'm automatically right. okay. placed outside. So like if I revealed something, somebody said in confession directly Right. I'm automatically excommunicated. So that, and that means you're no longer a priest. Well, I'm still a priest. I'm just all my faculties have been revoked until right. we actually there's a whole process for that. Like I would have to go to a confessor and explain to him what happened. That priest would have to write a letter to uh, Rome to the um, it's called the Apostolic Penitentiary. Mm-hmm. I think it's called that. <laughs> that sounds kind of rough. <laughs> I forgot what it's called. Anyway, one of those offices, the person in that office, right, uh, cardinal or whoever it is, a bishop or just a priest, they will write that priest back. It's all secret. So they won't say, hey, you know, that crazy Father John McKenzie is over here talking. 
No, they'll say a priest came to me and revealed that he revealed something in the, directly. Right. Okay, they send the le- that priest sends a letter to Rome. Rome responds positively, you would hope, that, that you know my excommunication was li- uplifted. So that priest would have to say, hey, come back in two weeks. or if, And if I came back in two weeks and it's still not done, I have to come back until the letter is received. But it's all secret so so that so that I can be re- you know reinstated and right I think okay. I think I would have to tell the bishop though because if my faculties I, I don't know what faculties get revoked is it just confession or is it both confession and mass and all that I, I can't remember but you basically just don't do it you know what I mean just <laughs> right. don't do yeah. it um, yeah. don't also manipulate someone in confession like you know what I mean like um, okay, you told me that. Now you know I'm a, I'm gonna hold this to you. You know, yeah. like absolutely not. Never hold anybody to their confession to their sins. Never um, directly or indirectly. Okay, indirectly, and I'm very careful about this. Like, say for instance, people are we're getting totally off topic. I was gonna but say, all, was but say it's we... all good, but it's all good. <laughs> say for instance, somebody um, reveals to me. Uh, so 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 say for instance, if I know. Like my parishioners, a large portion of sins or whatever, right? I make it a point not to specifically preach on like that this, particular sin. That particular, because it makes it seem like, oh, well, this is what they're. No, everything for me becomes very general. Now, right. there are times when I have to be very specific, but I'm very careful about when I do that. Right. So okay. I don't do it like, let's say, you know, because we hear confessions at 10 o'clock and then. At, at 1045 I'm preaching exactly what you know what I'm saying so I just make it a point not to not right. to do that okay. so so people don't feel like ever feel like I've revealed directly or indirectly their, their so, sins right, ever so, ever 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 so let's get back to what yeah. you were saying about you know after your encounter so how for that, me how confession relative. was important bro so like even now but then I remember like going to confession was just so liberating yeah. Like just so like free. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was I was I mean, I'm still kind of enslaved somewhat to my sins, but like then it was just it was like it was just straight cap captivity, right? Like yeah. there was no freedom. And so just like going to confession, going to confession, I used to feel like, man, why do I keep going to but every time I would go, I would just feel this experience of just being uplifted, freed, you know, liberty and mm-hmm. and, and, and encountering the Lord in confession. So Confession for me was a real mo- moment for that that reencounter with Jesus. That's that's relative to me because, like, especially during the time of of uh, when I was going through my divorce, mm. the separation. Yeah, I was yearning for even more, mm-hmm. and this was, of course, this is like this is after the encounter as well. Yeah, because the struggles that I was going through, I was begging for like the Lord to reveal what was really going on. Yeah. And it wasn't like the, 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 um, you know, I, I didn't have as my vices weren't really holding me mm-hmm. during this time because I'm like, I'm just like in this Good open on world. Yeah. And I was like, and I felt a grace with that. But at the same time, I was, yeah. I was hurt so bad that I was like, I'm like, okay, I got to fix every single thing about myself It's kind of, and I say that now, but that's yeah. not what I was thinking. But I was I really got used to finding myself in different patterns of sin. Yeah. You know, anger issues, um, you know, just how I treated people, not loving people. 
mm-hmm. is is just as bad as as doing sinful things to people. Yeah, no, so that's is. those are the things. All of this stuff started to compile. Yeah. during that time and confession, I was going every week. Wow, and and I still go maybe biweekly, mm-hmm. but. It's like, it, and, and not necessarily just because of something specific, yeah. you know, vices or anything, but just wanting to go because, like, no, you want to you want to be pure as possible yeah. when we receive Jesus, you know. The grace of the sacrament. So when I lived in the monastery, there was a point in my time in the monastery where, I mean, we had confession every night after Compline, after our last prayer, and I would... I wouldn't, it was a devotion, like a lot of, I mean, even right. St. Pope John Paul went to confession, like, every day. That's you know, wild, man. Every day? Every day. I think it, I, and, you know, I mean, if you have that liberty, like, who am I going to go to confession? I, I, you know, I live alone. <laughs> like, who, you know. Yeah. But, but uh, when I was in the monastery, that was a devotion. Because it's all about going, like, in the Desert Fathers, the, the, the desert tradition, you know, monasticism started, Christian monasticism started in Egypt. And the whole point was to reveal your inner thoughts to the Abba, to the, to the, your spiritual right. father. Right, right. Um, and so in the monastic tradition, confession became important and still is, is because you're revealing all these, all these things that's happened internally so that the grace of Christ can, can abide in you. The longer you hold on to that, you know what I mean? Right. The more Christ can't really come in. I think now I'm at a point where I don't go, um, I don't even know. For me, it's like. I make an examination of conscience, and I know I, you know, I need I need to go to confession. Um, if I could go every day, would I go back to that? I don't. I'm at a different point in my life too right now, but I also feel like um, there's a there's a uh, mystic that I read a lot, Adrienne von Speyer, and she wrote a whole book on confessions, mm-hmm. and she said the Christian should have an attitude of confession. So even in our just daily kind of that's deep, you know, just that. Um, attitude you know so anyway but but that was very helpful for me during my during my encounter with the lord is encountering him as i'm telling a priest my most intimate parts of my life in terms of sin you know yeah that that um And, and and hold on too everybody thinks oh intimate he's talking about like sex no like you said there's there's sins on top of sins that we don't even recognize. Yeah. You know, there's a monk named um, St. Evagrius of Pontus. And he talks about, and you get this in the monastic life a lot, right? The natural sins are, you know, vices of the flesh, et cetera, et cetera. But when you start going deep and you're dealing with like anger issues, you're dealing with pride and vainglory, those are the real, yeah. that's... That's when you're doing the forgiveness. Real. Yeah. All forgiveness. Of the, yeah. Right. So people got to real like there's more to it than just sins of the flesh. Right? Yeah. Because that's you, you. Most of the time, sins of the flesh are usually a response to that. Those deeper layers of things. <laughs> exactly. So it's it's hard to no. it's hard to get past that because. It, and if I may, like Father Jim gave me some really good confessions early on. Like mm. and I mean, really, really good. It was like. He came through like Super Mario yeah. breaking down those yeah. bricks because yeah. I remember one confession was like, was like, um, of course, most of the companions would ask first, how's your prayer life? Mm-hmm. And then he broke me down with one. He said, just tell it all to Jesus. Tell everything to Jesus. And yeah. I, I can't remember how he worded it, but that was that was a great confession. And then I think because it was like early on because he, he wasn't giving me the, you know, go, go say a couple of Hail Marys. He was giving me like. 
like uh how do you how do you say it like um mm-hmm. I don't want to it, it could be it might have been a novena okay. that he would give me wow. something that would like stretch me out a little bit yeah. and I was I was longing for that con- as we continued on but that broke me down you know and I say broke me down not necessarily in a in a I in say a it in, way, yeah, but, 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 in a humility but, way. Yeah, no. because it, it kind of formulated me into a way like like uh, let's take all of these pieces apart and start to build it back together. Right. In that confessional process. Right. So that was that was something that that put me in a position where I could say, OK, let me do something for a period of time and, and that will work yeah. its way through the sins and, and all of the other thoughts and those deeper layers. Yeah. That's when those things started to get revealed. Exactly the same thing. So I did a. Did you ever do a general confession? Yeah. Yeah. So I when yeah. I did my general confession, uh, I was already in Rome at that time, and I remember I was like, man, I was so nervous. I had been to confession previously, but the general one just really hit me. It was like I was just remembering so much, yeah. you know, and uh, and uh, I went and. I mean, I was like nervous. Like I remember like saying some stuff and I was like, I think I had a piece of paper and it ripped. Something happened <laughs> or I had a pencil or something like that and it broke. I remember something happened as I was like telling my sins and it broke or something like that. And I remember the confessor kind of smirked like, you know, and um, but it was after that where I started kind of like yourself being on this more journey. So mm-hmm. um you know, like the, the, the penance would be a little bit more stretched out, which I think when you're kind of having a reversion is important because it shouldn't just be this, okay, go say how one, our, one, our father come back in, in two days and blah, 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 back and forth. Right. But, but there should be like a reversion is, is a real inner working. Like, yeah, you gotta get those demons out. Right. You know, and um, expose so much of that. Yeah. You, you got it. And it's, yeah. it doesn't mean that it's all going to go away. You just got to be able to reveal it and, and see it as it's happening, as it's coming. Precisely. Because that's when it's almost like when you uh, when you first get into training for a boxing match, mm-hmm. like you got to you got to go through a process to get your body ready to really train. Exactly. Right. To even train. Yeah. Right. Not exactly. to not for the match, but Ex- you got to get ready. So right. exactly. that's that's always good. No, you're precisely. And, and and that 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 for me was like the real I would say one of the deepest encounters um, of experience. I think also, um, I, uh, well, let's move to where, where are we now? Where, yeah. where are you now? Um, Jason and your encounter. Do you need another reversion? No, no, I don't. <laughs> I wish I would. Honestly, I like I, I kind of feel like it's, there's a big hump that I've got over. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that there, there are more. Yeah. And I, and I say that because, um, you know, right now at this moment, the Lord has me working with my kids a lot. And of course, that's something that we're going to talk about in a sure. way that that being a real father to try to bring their kids up in the faith is not easy. Yeah, bro. And it's like because I don't want to I don't want to be the parent to say, hey, you got to go to mass. I keep telling people it's like, yeah, they got to go. That's for me to say. Yeah. But I don't want to tell them that. I want to show them the reason that we're going. Yeah. So that's one of the biggest things that's going on with me now. Um, I've been recognizing the diocese quite a bit. I didn't expect all of this to happen, but, Mm. um, you know, I got exposed to a heck of a lot more because remember the Benedictines were kind of like, you know, they're in house, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So the companions were, uh, they're a lot 
more out in the world. Yeah. So they reach out to the diocese and they work a heck of a lot closer to the diocese. Right. right. So, um, you know, I've met a lot more priests. Mm-hmm. I've developed relationships with priests. Mm-hmm. I've attended masses all over Detroit. Yeah. And even in even in the country, other parts of the country, because, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus ever is everywhere. Exactly. So like all all of these things are starting to happen. And then magically, some way, shape, or form, as I've had this this skill of media, this whole explosion with TikTok happened during yeah, the pandemic. Man, you're like, yeah, so you you got it. You got so it. that that kind of culminates everything from you know me and the infants of my faith mm-hmm. to um, being able to do all of these different projects to to share my faith, whether it be people asking me about my testimony mm-hmm. or you know me being behind the camera or in some type of media standpoint as we are right now and doing this podcast. Yeah. So that's where that's where the Lord are. has got me to where, where I am right now. Yeah. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. And the journey has been, it's been wild, but I'm in a, in a much better place than I was when, you know, I was being held back and not knowing what my purpose was. Yeah. I'm, the doors are open, not yeah. completely, yeah. you know, I want more, but, but, um, but but I'm I look back and I say you know thank you Jesus because I I don't know like if I would have saw this path I wouldn't have took it right <laughs> you know I wouldn't yeah. took I wouldn't have taken this <laughs> Honestly, path bro same here man same here I so let's am, let's hear your story well where like where am I at right now yeah I mean you in the, in the past what two or three years yeah big transitions big transitions um yikes where am I now you know. Kind of like, so, you know, I've talked about this before publicly. I do deal with anxiety and depression, you know, that I think kind of just stems back from, you know, childhood trauma, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. right? Praying but, for you. Y'all got to pray know, for Father John. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't let it hold me though. You know what I mean? Like when it, the, the, the recently, I would say. My, I do these like examination, like kind of what we did before we started this podcast. Like I take five minutes out, read the gospel, just spend that time of like re-centering, I guess. I don't know how yeah. you say that or, you know, placing myself back in, into God. And that really comes from my monastic training where, you know, we broke up the day in prayer. You know, right. the, the, the whole, like from the morning, you know, mid-morning, midday, mid-afternoon, evening, night. You know, right. it was all. So I've started to redo that no matter what, and that's been very helpful. Um, that's good. But where am I? Where am I at now? Kind of like yourself. So a couple things. I think one is I've definitely come to, um, like when I was thirty nine, man, I was like dealing. I remembered like I was like very anxious turning forty. Like, <laughs> I don't know where this came from. I was. I was just dealing with a lot of anxiety. Um, and and I kid you not, bro, like uh, my birthday, I, I won't say what day my birthday is. So anyway, the night, be- the night before my birthday, like I was just like, oh my gosh, this is it. I'm turning 40. You know, I don't know what, where this came from. I woke up the next day at mm-hmm. four, 40 years old now and I woke up and I felt like, oh, this isn't a big deal. <laughs> like this isn't a big deal and we we had a nice little birthday party for me uh some real close close-knit friends put together something and we uh it was beautiful 
And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, this is, this isn't not, and what I learned from, from now that I'm in my forties is that all this life experience that I've had, you know, like now I can say what I did in my 20, like I did this 20 years ago, you know, right. like people in their thirties can only say I did that 10 years ago. I could say I did it 20 years ago. <laughs> you've been, I did you it done, 22 years ago. You've right? been 20 twice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so with that, I feel like, and I'm not, and I'm not trying to, this isn't coming from a space of pride. I hope it's not, but there's some wisdom there now that I think that I've gained from life. Okay. And yeah. so I don't like situations don't give me anxiety as they used to. Okay. Because I have like, I have experience now. Um, and so that's been, that's one place I'm at, you know, just in terms of my mind frame it's just being in a place where I feel comfortable of making decisions and comfortable about just life. You know what I mean? Like I feel, and then giving advice now to people that are younger than me um, or sometimes older than me. Right. Mm -hmm. But I just feel comfortable in that space now. I don't feel like, Oh, I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't do that. So where I am with, with the Lord, another thing you mentioned, and, and this has came out of, out of out of a space that's that's really beautiful so my mom and i are currently co-guardian of my niece and nephew mm -hmm. five years old three years old and um now i've helped raise kids in the past you know like when i was living in st louis but never to the point where i'm like responsible you know what i yeah. mean like i can always say all right we're gonna drop you off and we're gonna pick <laughs> right. you up and we're gonna yeah. drop you off um uh, but now there's a new dynamic where my mom and I are having to really co-care for, you know, um, my niece and nephew. And and I'm like, two things, like I had him in the car a couple days ago, a week ago, whenever it was, and we were driving. It was my first time where I'm like, oh my gosh, what if we got into an accident? Oh my, like, I better slow down. I better stay in the right hand yeah. lane. I better do the speed limit. Like, I'm thinking of all these things and like, what if this truck, like... And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is new to me. And also just how I portray myself, um, uh, like like we're I'm teaching them, um, you know, all the languages I know. They're gonna be they're gonna be like seven years old knowing three four different languages. That's what's up. But um, in that space of being a f like kind of like yourself, like a real father mm -hmm. to my niece and nephew, um, that's something new. Um, also like I'm starting to think like my other nephews, one is 18 now, one is 15 and I'm more trying to, I don't want to say portray, but like what type of legacy am I leaving them? What am I showing them, yeah. you know, um, of how to be a man, how to be a man of God, right? Uh, no matter if I'm a priest or whatever, right? Like we're all supposed to be. Yeah. Men of God. Right. It's all the same. It's all the same in that regard. And so just trying to um, show them what it what this means. Um, and it's called a lot out of my own self of how I act and what I say and what I do um, and what I put out there, you yeah. know, because I want them to see like this is how you're supposed to um, interact with the world around you. Um, and, and my uh, nephew, my one nephew is 15. Um, we've gotten a lot of car time because uh, he's he, he's got his uh, uh, permit or whatever. Yeah, and we and we talk about that type of stuff. So that uh, I guess I could say there's a certain maturing. 
um, and for myself, but also maturing in the Lord, that the Lord has given me this, this beautiful mission of Christ the King parish that has a school and, you know, and, and we have a lot of, there's a lot to, to manage a school. Let me tell you, a private Catholic school, there's a lot, you know, and, um, but to be a leader, um, and stepping in that role has been difficult, but I'm also a person that reaches out to, to folks that, that I know that are going to give me solid advice. Um, but I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm matured in the Lord. Like I, like he just knows me. I know him. Um, he's with me. Um, you know, sometimes, uh, I'm not always present. I always, I don't always feel his presence, but I know he's, I know he's there. He's going to pull through. That's kind of where I'm at now. I don't know if that's even, did I even explain myself (laughs) in all those words? I think, I think they'll understand you because I I get it. I think that, um, you know, because I kind of said it the same way, like just gathering it all together. Cause it's like, I think our past is, has had so much information downloaded and reevaluated that the most recent history. And right now is kind of like, it's hard to look back on yesterday and see what you could have learned from it without thinking like, wait a minute. Right. Let me revisit that in a little minute because it's it's been too soon Honestly, to really look at all of that. Seriously. You know? yeah. So I, I can yeah. understand, especially where you're coming from yeah. with the kids, because that's that's a new experience. Um, they're in a prime of their life, like you said, mm-hmm. at that age to learn certain things from you. Mm-hmm. They're seeing all of those different details. But it's a it's a beautiful thing what yeah. you and your mama doing. No, man, it's it, but what I like about and you probably get this with your kids, too, like. Like it's so funny to hear my nephews. This, these are the the eighteen and fifteen, or the five and the three. They they think I'm like you know, oh my gosh. But the <laughs> but the fifteen and the eighteen year old man, they make fun of me. <laughs> and I and 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 I'm like, oh my gosh, I used to do this to my uncles and stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. Like, like my nephew said, so I was using my phone uh, the other day, and he said, Unc, why why you always do that? Or like I use GPS for everything. Uh-huh. He's like, you know where you're going. Why you always use? GPS? And I just be and I'd be wanting to laugh, but it'd be because it'd, it'd be really, right. It'd be right. It hit me though. Like who? You, like I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm. But but having that is 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 a newfound joy, honestly, uh, and and beautiful. And it's beautiful too to see you um, interact with your kids, and like you said, just coming into this new um realm of your life mm-hmm. and being a man of God and and all the spaces that you've dealt with and continue to deal with and I and I see that's part of why you know when we were thinking about this podcast like man I really saw something that you and you um that I think the world um needs to to see more of um so appreciate that yeah man yeah so it's funny you said that about your your nephew because uh my son is the same way with yeah. that. He be wanting to crack on me about certain things <laughs> and, and he'll get to laughing. But it's so rare that it's like I got to pull it up out of him. But yeah, it's it's so many unique things. I'm, I probably should bring him on here because it might, yeah, we it should, might, actually, it might we open should, him up a little honestly, bit. Honestly, I think we should. We should do a nephew son episode <laughs> yeah. or do a whole season. I don't know. But you get one of my nephews. My nephew, Chris, he gets on. It's, it's over. He's going to take over. So, <laughs> um, But uh, he... I, I actually he he was asking me when when are we gonna publish the podcast and and all that. But man, this is beautiful. So um, just to wrap up, um, this is our first 
season, you know. Yeah. We're doing it ourselves. We're trying to work it out. Yeah. We've sacrificed a lot of time mm-hmm. to put this together. Uh, you know, we're hoping to to do this for the long haul to really get a message out. So we just hope you continue to tune in and and know that, um, yeah, we ain't perfect. We ain't going to say everything perfect. We're not, you know, this isn't, we're not spitting right from the catechism and stuff like that. <laughs> right. Um, but we're just, we're just trying to figure it out. And we know a lot of people out there are, are trying to do the same. So, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to, uh, to what's to come because uh, we already got a, a short list of people that, that are interested in. Yeah. And you need to be on the podcast or, or listening. Yeah, so man. they they they're yeah. really excited about it. Yeah. So yeah, this is a good uh good wrap to yeah. season one. Yeah. Well, God bless y'all. Tune in to next season. Peace. Peace. Peace.